0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Stocks & Coffee. It's Tuesday, August 2nd, 2022. I'm enjoying some nice Indonesian coffee here. It's actually the evening time here, but morning time there in the U.S. U.S. stock indices are pointing down for the day so far at about 0.6% on the S&P and the NASDAQ. We also saw stocks down in Europe and Asia today. The big news driving those declines so far is the geopolitical tensions that are rising between the U.S. and China, with Speaker Nancy Pelosi heading to Taiwan. And of course, China has been long claiming Taiwan as its own territory, while the U.S. identifies Taiwan as an independent territory. And so the Chinese foreign ministry has come out saying that because of this visit, they plan to have strong countermeasures, and it remains to be seen exactly what those countermeasures will be. But this, of course, is making markets nervous in a year where we've already had disruptions due to a war. So we'll see how this plays out. Uh, We do see commodities relatively unchanged so far uh, after a pretty big pullback yesterday. It was a weekday. Crude was down 5%. Uh, We're keeping an eye here on the dollar because the DXY, the dollar index, has been pulling back, and that seems to actually be helping gold and silver over the past week. Also, of course, the news of the Fed starting to be a, maybe a little bit more cautious on aggressive rate hikes after the Fed meeting last week. That also probably is helping gold and silver somewhat. We've seen bond yields pulling back. I mean the bond market's basically saying that it's concerned about maybe a recession or maybe even you know yields that need to be brought down by 2023 or 2024. So interesting to note that that even though stocks have been strong in the past week on better than feared earnings, generally the bond market is kind of flashing a, a concern signal. Today, we do see on the stock side some early gainers from earnings. Pinterest is up about 18% pre-market on earnings that were better than feared. Revenue grew about 9% year-over-year. Year. Uh, monthly actives were down about 5%. They do hope to get back to user growth soon. Adjusted EBITDA was down about 50% year-over-year year because expenses, like many of these tech companies, are growing faster than revenues. Uh, but Pinterest still generating positive cash flow, so I think that was seen as a positive. And then there were comments from the activist investor Elliot Management, a hedge fund, that you know they're really behind the current ceo bill Reddy who came in there in june he's helping to turn the company back around bill Reddy, a former paypal ceo and or coo and former google president he's seen as a, a pretty important leader there to turn the ship around at pinterest so the market likes it so far. Like I said, Pinterest up about 18% pre market. We also see Uber up about 10% pre market after a pretty big earnings beat. Revenue grew 105% year over year, well above consensus estimates. Gross bookings hit an all time high. Monthly actives there at Uber were up, were up 21% year over year. And they guided to Q3 EBITDA of 440 to 470 million, which was almost double where analysts' estimates were. I think analysts' estimates were about $260 for Q3. So Uber is seeing gangbusters results here as the economy has reopened, and they're seeing ride improvements. They're still seeing growth in the Uber Eats side and just globally seeing very, very strong demand. We also see Lyft stock up about 6% pre-market in sympathy with the Uber results. Transocean, ticker symbol RIG, up about 12% on a slight revenue beat in their earnings. They also extended their credit facility by about two years. This is a very heavily indebted company in the oil field services sector, so that's a pretty important milestone there. They also signed a six-year contract worth about $915 million with Petrobras out of Brazil. So perhaps oil services sector is starting to really turn up, and this, this could be an interesting area to watch. Um, Early losers on the stock side, we see Caterpillar down about 4% pre-market. They did have a slight revenue miss relative to expectations, even though revenue grew 11% year-over-year. And they did actually beat their earnings estimates. Earnings were up about 22% year-over-year, and they said they are seeing relatively healthy demand in in, in many of their end markets despite a lot of uncertainty out there. We also see Snowflake down about 5% as an analyst from BTIG came out and cut their growth estimates on the company ahead of Snowflake's earnings later this month. I believe Snowflake reports on August 24th. Snowflake, of course, one of the highest valued companies out there still today valued at well above 20 times forward EV to sales multiples. And so even though that company has been growing between 80 and 100% year over year on the top line and already is profitable, you know, the valuation has raised some some questions there. And so, that I think is also why we see probably the stock pulling back on the analyst cuts. If Snowflake doesn't grow at the rates that analysts expecting, or you know were expecting, then it does have potential for a downside based on valuation multiple compression. Um, later today, we'll also get earnings from AMD, PayPal, Starbucks, SoFi, Airbnb, Occidental Petroleum, and a number of others. So we still have quite a few companies reporting this week. You know, last week we had big tech earnings and they were mostly better than feared i think there were you know mostly better than feared apple amazon google pretty much delivering and there were a few negatives like meta intel roku of course but overall i think you know the uh, the market didn't actually have to cut its earnings estimates for those companies too hard going forward i did i did raise an eyebrow there at google they didn't give guidance and they said that they're seeing escalating headwinds from currency and from you know expenses still growing faster than revenue that of course they're seeing weakness in the ad market even though they grew 12% in the ads business they think incrementally the ads market is getting tougher we also saw that with Facebook of course or Meta as we call them now uh, they expect revenue to actually decline year over year and, and they're seeing you know pretty heavy pressure on the advertising side it seems like companies have been cutting advertising first rather than cutting employees so far. Uh, we don't know if this is going to get worse or if we are going to go into recession. But the ad market certainly is an early indicator there. So, you know, the, anything tied too closely to ads, it has been a problem. Roku included. Uh, Apple and Amazon have a bit more diversification outside of their ads businesses, so they were seeing healthy growth in other parts of the business offsetting ads. Microsoft as well. So those have fared okay. But now, this week, we're getting a lot of companies not only in the tech sector but in other sectors as well outside of big tech. So, so far on Monday and Tuesday, I think we've seen probably more positives than negatives, but it will be interesting to see today when we get companies like AMD, PayPal, Starbucks, Airbnb, how the results look. On the macro side... We've seen the ISM manufacturing data coming out over the past few days in Europe and the US. The European ISM manufacturing PMI is not a surprise, very, very weak. Uh, Energy prices causing a lot of producers there, some headaches of obviously consumer demand, a big question there as well. So the manufacturing sectors in Europe have been weakening pretty dramatically. We're also seeing the ISM number still coming down in the U.S., but not as bad as feared when we got the most recent reading. Uh, It's still in rising territory, so the manufacturing sector is still doing pretty well, and the ISM number came in at 52.8, which was down from the prior month, but still in growth territory. You know, we look at companies like Builders First Source, which reported earnings yesterday in the home builder segment. and. That stock actually rose yesterday. Uh, they had raised their guidance for EBITDA and free cash flow for the year, despite seeing some slowdowns. Um, they still think, you know, overall that the uh, the overall environment's still pretty good, even though they are noting a, a slowdown in housing starts and things like that. Uh, so that's kind of an interesting way to look at things. You know, when we look at manufacturing, even in a, a sector that's weak like housing, some companies are still able to put up pretty good numbers, and even though things are weakening. You know they're still able to put up numbers that the market probably didn't expect and so that's the tail right now now again in a quarter or two that could change you know things could deteriorate more rapidly but interesting to note even in some of those weaker sectors some of the some of these stocks have been rallying so uh, i think that's what's giving a lot of people the idea that maybe the market's already bottomed even if we you know see some weakness throughout the next couple of weeks and months. Uh, you know, maybe we get the soft landing. Maybe the Fed does pull back. Maybe they stop raising rates. I think some people believe that. you know I'm still pretty cautious. I think the Fed has walked back some of the comments. Some of the Fed speakers are starting to maybe walk back some of pal's comments and still suggesting that rate hikes will be continuing throughout the year. maybe just not at that 75 basis points pace per meeting. So you know, we'll get inflation big inflation data next week. And the Cleveland Fed now cast has added about 8.8% year-over-year inflation rate for July. So that's still going to be a pretty high elevated number. And it will be, you know, a number I think that's still going to make the Fed likely to continue raising rates at, at least the next couple of meetings. So, yeah, let's um, let's not get too over our skis here. But it is worth noting, you know, the market has been in risk-on mode we saw yesterday for instance a lot of stocks were squeezing I and mean, if you look at there's some really funky low float stocks that traders have been uh, really pushing up ticker symbol HKD AMT Digital. I don't even know what this company does but you know the stock went from I think like 10 or 15 bucks last week to like a 700 or 800 dollar stock this week. Uh, it's been rising like hundreds of percents in the last couple of sessions. We also saw uh, Q-R-T-E-B, which is uh, Curate Retail, it's their it's their B class shares, which are very low float. Those went from four dollars to eighteen dollars over the last two sessions. They were up three hundred and twenty six percent yesterday. Uh, we saw the same thing with Liberty Tripadvisor Series A shares, LTRPA. Those went uh, those went from sixty seven cents to over a dollar yesterday, and then the LTRB, which is not even more restricted float stock, so not a lot of shares able to be traded because insiders own so much of it. That one went from $12 to $60 at one point yesterday. Actually, I think it even went as high as $80. So it was up more than 200% to end the day and up even more intraday. So we're seeing a lot of these low float squeezes. Uh, another one would be PGY, Pagaya Technologies. I believe this was a former DSPAC. You know, it went public at $10 a share. It was a $2.50 stock in mid-July. Today, it's a $30 stock. So it's gone from $2.50 to $30 a share. These are very low float. Not a lot of shares available to trade, and traders have been pushing these things up. We also saw, you know, Bed Bath Beyond up 15% yesterday. It has, you know, a high, high shorted uh, float. Uh, Freeman Capital took a passive stake and had some ideas they put out there about a possible debt exchange. I mean, Bed Bath Beyond, it's interesting. You know, this one squeezed a bunch over the past year or two. So we are seeing these squeezes. We are seeing some of the d spacs some of the low floaters squeezing in this risk-on environment. Maybe that continues. Maybe there's some ideas out there uh, for that. But you got to be careful, obviously, because these things can pull back in a hurry. You know, just as quick as they can rise, they can get crushed. So you, you have to be careful out there on some of these low floaters. But, you know, I think it's worth pointing out that these things are happening and happening pretty consistently. Traders are out there hunting some of these trades now. So interesting to watch that happening in the market. And if you are more of a trader, uh, you know, you got to make hay while the sun shines with these kinds of things because we know these types of things come and go. We've seen it in the SPAC market. You know, we saw pre-deal and post-deal SPACs last year uh, rising in crazy ways on just news or uh, announcements of deals and things like that, and you know that if we get into that kind of environment again, you could see some pretty big moves. As a lot of these de-SPACs have really gotten hit over the past year for good reason. A lot of these companies, you know, have not hit their financial projections. Are in you know terrible shape overall. Businesses that maybe shouldn't have been public in many cases because they are too early in their company life. But uh, it, yeah, it's, it's it's interesting to watch on the SPAC front. By the way, worth mentioning. One of the more high-profile SPACs, uh, Social Social Leverage Acquisition Corp., S-L-A-C. This is Howard Lindzen's SPAC. They announced a deal. They are actually uh, going to be taking a company called, I believe it's WebCloud Public. It's a company focused on cloud infrastructure for Web3 or crypto projects. Um, It looked to me like, you know, not a whole lot of information in the SPAC deck on what this business actually does. And they're forecasting a decline in revenue this year before they go on and triple revenue next year. Uh, so very weird projections, very reminiscent of some of the businesses we saw taken public via SPAC last year. Questions about the quality of these businesses and whether or not they're going to be able to hit their projections. But nonetheless, I mean, I think it's worth pointing out that you know this is a pretty highly high profile SPAC that has been followed. And you know, the, the stock and the warrants have kind of been under pressure, but the warrants went from 15 cents, to 35 cents yesterday on the announcement. So they were up pretty nicely. And, uh, you know, it's interesting to see deals still being done to some degree in the SPAC market. So we'll keep an eye there for potential option opportunities and trades and big moves that could still happen as a lot of the SPAC warrants have gotten absolutely crushed in recent months. There's been very low volume and these things have just been, Absolutely decimated and traded down. In many cases, you know, a lot of these high profile SPACs, the insiders bought warrants at a dollar. The warrants were trading, you know, above a dollar at one point last year. And now a lot of them now are trading between like 10 and 20 cents. So it's very, very interesting setup here. So we'll see how these things play out. Obviously, risk on can change to risk off very quickly in these markets. And we do see the futures markets still showing uh, equities probably headed down today on a lot of that geopolitical tension. But uh, yeah, very, very interesting times out there indeed. And earnings season so far, like I said, is, I probably would characterize it as not as bad as feared, but we still have a lot more to come. So we'll see how the companies today report and what these stock moves look like. I think analysts overall have taken the S&P 500 uh, across, across the, the, the universe of S&P 500 companies. I think they've taken their estimates for Q3 earnings down about 2.5%. That's not Armageddon. Obviously, them taking earnings estimates down is something we were concerned about. I said that, you know, I think the next leg down in the market could come from estimates of earnings being cut in Q3 and Q4. But, you know, two and a half percent cut on earnings estimates really isn't that scary. So, so far, the earnings cuts have not been as bad as feared. And I do think, you know, that could keep this market a little bit buoyant for a while unless something crazy happens here with the US-China relations or if you know commodities spike again or something like that. But we're seeing signs out there that the inflation pressures are maybe starting to wane a little bit on some of the forward indicators like commodity prices and some of the ISM manufacturing data that we saw as well. So we'll see if that that trend continues. That could provide support for the market as well. But you know, a World War III scenario between US and China would probably not be good for markets. So let's hope let's hope that we avoid that. That's all for me today. I hope you have a great rest of your day, great morning, great afternoon. Take care. Cheers.